And now, live, it's time. Carr will go back into the gun. Jacobs cuts, middle walks in. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs, touchdown. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We have a good team. We have a good team that competes with the second all the time. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. We don't feel like effort's been an issue at all. It's the handoff. Bust toward the end. Jackpot, baby. Pinion Drake takes it home. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a victory Tuesday, which kind of feels weird. Short week for us as, a, as we're off Friday. The station's off Friday, so we just have a few short days to get ready for Denver at home as the Raiders play the day after Christmas. And we could talk about the win yesterday against the Cleveland Browns. I am super prepped up because I hosted the pre- and post-game show with Eric Allen. So we had a good post-game show. You'll hear a portion of that. Bobby came up with a good idea. Uh, we were a little off our bonkers, off our rockers yesterday. So we'll play the opening of the post-game show. I think you'll enjoy that. It kind of captures the energy. We were in yesterday, and the Raiders are alive. And that's all I've been looking for all year long is for the Raiders to be alive. You know, I never thought they were going to be a perennial playoff team with this roster. I thought they had a chance. A lot of injuries, a lot of big injuries this year. And the Raiders went into a swoon where they lost five out of six before they won this game, and now they have life. And that's good enough for a lot of fans here. A lot of other fans are upset, and they've checked out. We'll touch on that today on the Raider fans who've bailed, but now want to come in and get a new Christmas hat and some cookies and act like they've been there the whole time. But the Raider fans who stuck it out, who were with us yesterday, and the Raider fans who support this station and they support the team through thick and thin, we, you know, we want to thank you and especially wish you, we wish everybody a happy holiday, but the Raider fans who stick with the team and really stick with the team and don't go on social media and act like idiots and really stick with the team and want them to win, we commend you because Raider Nation really needed a rally. This one could have been ugly. I mean, I've uh, been on the radio for some ugly losses, but this one could have been one of the ugliest because of the COVID and what was happening with Cleveland. We're brought to you by PT's Best Happy Hour in Town. Great week to go by your local PTs and have an office party because it's tough to have an office party. There are a lot of people bailing on Christmas parties, and that's usually a lot of fun. I love a good Christmas party. If you want to get a smaller group together or a bigger group together, PTs can accommodate you. The SG Bar, great play. Sean Patrick, Sierra Gold, PTs Gold. You can go to the Strat. You can go to Arizona Charlie's, and they'd love to host you here over the holiday season. So the Raiders win 16-14. I choose to be glasses half full. If your glass is half empty, why don't you take the day off? Because I dealt with all these people all week long, and I'd like to hear with some people. I'd like to hear from some positive Raider fans on the fact that the Raiders won a gritty, gutty game, and they're 7-7 and on the year. And the most important thing is they probably knocked the Browns out of the playoffs. And we could be at a point, we could be at a point where the Raiders are just going to play spoiler if they don't get some help. But when it comes out to the point where this team won and this team was able to win a game, which saves the season mathematically and gives them an opportunity to have a lot more to play for, I think we should enjoy that for a day, like most NFL teams do. They enjoy it for a day. Raiders have a tough week here because it's a short week. Now, the Raiders didn't get any help by the league because the league did everything they could to save the Browns and help the Browns go to first place in the AFC North. That's fact, not fiction. The league moved the game back a couple of days, and they only got one player back. And the Raiders lost a player due to COVID. 
and Nate Hobbs. So by moving the game back, what they did was they inconvenienced the writers. They inconvenienced the writer fans. They inconvenienced the TV partners because they didn't want to throw a game on. They want to throw a game on Monday afternoon, 2 o'clock on the West Coast. That doesn't get any ratings. So basically, it was a pain in the ass, and the Raiders still won the game. So that rallied a lot of Raider fans, and a lot of Raider fans were excited because they thought they were getting screwed, and they ended up winning the game, 16-14. to 14. Now, the game was super ugly because both teams didn't play well. It was a bad football game for most of the game. And the Raiders were up 10 nothing at the half. They should have been up 17 nothing. 20 nothing or 21 to nothing, And it really haunted them because if the Raiders were able to take a big lead in this game, they would have never relinquished it. They would have never relinquished a big lead. But 10 points is not a big enough lead for this Raider team. And they were trailing 14 to 13. And they needed a football miracle and a stop on third down to get the ball back and eventually win the game. But they won the game. And they won the game. And now the team, you know, they're 7-7. Seven and seven, And I think we all agree they should be 9-5. and five. They should have won two of three games. They should have beat the Bears, the Giants, or the Bengals. And if you say the Bengals are a better team, that's, that's fair. But they should have won the other two games against the Bears and the Giants, who aren't very good teams. And that would have the Raiders at you know nine wins. But they won some tight games against the Dolphins and Baltimore in overtime. And those fans are saying, well, they should have won those games. It all shakes out. But I think the fact that the Raiders are 5-3 and three on the road and they have an opportunity to still be alive, and I love where they are right now because I think what we should be talking about this week is how they fix their deficiencies. How can the Raiders fix their deficiencies and maybe put on a great show and a great run the rest of the way? And that's what I wanted to start off with today. I want to start off with that point today because I really want to celebrate the victory, but I don't know where the show is going to go. I don't know who's going to call in today. I don't know if you're super positive, if you're skeptical. I don't know until you call me. So I'm going to go first, and then you can react to it at 702-365-9200. And we'll get into it. I think the Raiders, the rest of the season, pretty much have to abandon the run and pass. Now, of course, I don't mean completely abandon the run. You have to run the football in football games. It's just a question for the Raiders now. I think they need to cut down on that significantly. Their run game doesn't work. It works a little bit here and there, but Josh Jacobs is not having the year we expected. It's probably because of the offensive line. Sam Monson's going to join us later from Pro Football Focus. We've been texting back and forth, and this Raider offensive line is one of the worst in footballs from a graded standpoint by Pro Football Focus, and their information's accurate. So for the Raiders, I think they want to run the football because they're not confident that they can pass protect. But they have a quarterback who's thrown for 4,000 yards again in Derek Carr, and Derek Carr is one of the sharpest quarterbacks mentally in all of football. So I think the Raiders have to go with this the rest of the way. They have to embrace the shootout. And when the Raiders play well on offense, it seems to be at the end of the half or the end of the game when it's a fire drill, when they just decide that they're going to go balls out and they're going to throw and they're going to try to launch it. And then they seem to do well. And then when they hand the ball off and they run it into a pile, they put more pressure on Carr and the offense to have to execute on a third down. I think you would all agree with me on that analysis, is that the strength of the Raiders now is their defensive line. So the defensive line have their best players and the quarterback and Daniel Carlson. 
A.J. Cole made the Pro Bowl. Let's congratulate the Pro Bowlers, Max Crosby, A.J. Cole, and Denzel Perryman. So, so the strength of the team, the number one strength, is either the quarterback or the defensive line. I'll leave that up to you. I think the defensive line, because it's healthy still, that Yannick is healthy and Max is healthy, is a strength for the team going forward as they get ready to play Drew Locke, Carson Wentz, and Justin Herbert. That defensive line give the Raiders a shot to get to those quarterbacks. Then we move to the offensive side of the ball, and depending on Darren Waller, who needs to get back, period. Darren Waller needs to get back. If he can't go, if he can't go, then he can't go. But if he can fight through this injury and go, he's got to go because he's more than a decoy. He's a hell of a player. But the strength of the team is Derek Carr at the line of scrimmage if he would just run the play. And yesterday... Derek played very good at times and good enough to win. Only one touchdown in the game, but he went against Miles Garrett in a pretty good pass rush. Derek was 25 of 38 for 236 and a touchdown. But the Raiders only scored one touchdown, and Daniel Carlson made three field goals. So the Raiders are still struggling big time on offense because I don't think they know their identity or they want to embrace the shootout in their identity. If the Raiders just decided in these last three games that they were going to throw it 70% of the time and they were going to attack the marker and throw downfield, I think they'd have the ability to have a better chance to win than lose. When they run the ball, all they're doing is giving the opponent the ability to take a playoff because the Raiders can't run the ball. They can't. They just run it right at you in a pile or they lose yards or every once in a while they'll bang out a six-yard run and it feels like it's 30. But when they're able to get Derek Carr going – Derek Carr needs to stay hot. They can't slow Derek down by reverting back to the run. So I think that's going to be a big topic for us the rest of the season if the Raiders make this playoff push or if they get eliminated is why is it so difficult for this team to play fast, up-tempo, because when they do on that last drive of the game, right, got Carlson in field goal range, it works. They're able to spread another team out and the other team doesn't know what they're going to do. So I like that with the Raiders going forward. Again, with Daniel Carlson, I think that Carlson, I always said this about Sebastian Janikowski, who turned out to be a good friend. you got to get nine points out of him just in field goals. And then if you get two touchdowns, you get 11 points. You get three, you get 12. But you got to be able to pencil Carlson in the rest of the way to get multiple field goals that could help the Raiders get over 24 points, 30 points. This was a team that started off the year, and they could put up those numbers And now they just flat out can't. They struggle on offense because they don't have confidence that they can do what I think they can do in that passing game. And most Raider fans agree with. Every Raider fan I talk to, bump into them on the post-game show or at the end, they tell me the same thing or at the tailgate parties. JT, why doesn't this team throw more? It's the strength of the team. I go, I don't know. Because the, the team is built with an offensive core off the Gruden playbook of two tight ends with a fullback and a running game desire. That's the desire. That was the desire of the John Gruden playbook. This is the John Gruden playbook that they're working on. We all know that. And there's no Alec Engel, and there's no Kenyon Drake, and there's no Darren Waller right now. So I think what you got to do is have Deshaun Jackson on the far left, Zay Jones on the far right, Hunter Renfro in the slot, and on the other side, Brian Edwards. Those Those are some pretty good players. I think you'd agree. And the question is, can the offensive line hold up enough for Derek to get those routes going? 
I think if they go four wide and they leave in a running back to chip for pass protection and they run some crossing routes and one guy runs a deep route and Renthro runs a short route, I think stuff's going to be wide open. I'm not talking open. I'm talking wide open. But they revert back to the running game. And yesterday, by reverting back to the running game, they almost lost the game. And in all my years of hosting the postgame show, that would have been one of the toughest. That would have been brutal yesterday as Cleveland was missing 18 players, eight starters, if Mullins came back and won that game. And the Raiders got a huge stop on a third down to get the ball back and win the game, which was incredible to see. So I'm very optimistic about the team now with new life because I really think deep down in my bones, if they take advantage of this win in Cleveland and in Dallas, two games they could have lost, and they build on it, and they get more aggressive, they can win these upcoming games. Now, we're going to talk about Denver this week. Drew Locke is playing due to the Teddy Bridgewater injury. And we're going to have a guest on from Denver tomorrow. In that game, the Raiders have to smash the Broncos and sweep them in back-to-back years. They seem to have their number. They're going to have to play well. Denver's hanging around just like the Raiders. I got to assume that the Raiders are going to win that game. And it's not a lock that they are. But let's say they win that game. Then they'll have two wins in a row going into Indy and going up against a quarterback who's not great in Carson Wentz. Derek Carr is better than Carson Wentz. The Raiders have a better kicker than Indy. And if you can buy into the fact that if they run Jonathan Taylor right at the Raiders, I mean right at him, that the Raiders can stop him a few times because they stopped the run against Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb had 23 carries for 91 yards. All they wanted to do was run him, and the Raiders did a decent job of that. And Nick Chubb's in the same category as Jonathan Taylor, Taylor having a bit of a better year, an MVP year. But, you know, they don't have Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne and Peyton Manning. I mean, they're a better team, arguably, the Colts. But not much if the Raiders are playing well. If the Raiders are not playing well, they won't beat Indy. So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. And imagine if the Raiders, after beating Cleveland and after beating Denver, have a chance to go beat Indy and then have the Charger game, the last game of the year, decide a playoff race. So I'm trying to be positive and optimistic about what could happen. And I know the difficulties of this team. I cover this team for a living. I know the difficulties of this team. So I wanted to start with that. So let's get into this victory But there's not a lot to to wrap your hands around other than the resiliency of the team not to fall apart in a game where they look like they fell apart and they were going to give the game away and they won the game. I mean, if we want to go down to this game and what happened and how it happened here, you know, Bobby, let's start off with 71 Mullins to Bryant to take the lead 14-13. The wheels were coming off at this point in time because Mullins – got hot and got going, and this is when Cleveland took the lead. Mullins has been very good on third down. Let's see what he can do here on fourth down. He's in trouble. He's in deep trouble. Sprinting over to the left-hand side. Looking lobbed. Oh, my goodness. Touchdown. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so that was the point in the game where it really looked like the Raiders were going to lose the game. They are going to lose the game there because all the momentum. I have a buddy of mine. My buddy Cleveland Frankie, my golf partner, he was at the game. And he was texting me back and forth, and they were down in Cleveland. And then they took the lead, and the whole place erupted. That was a Cleveland home game. The place was packed. It was Cleveland. They could have went to first place or last place. So they were into the game. When Derek got the ball back after that, 
you know, you thought that they would have a chance to win, and then this deep interception by Derek Carr, this is where the game looked like it was lost. Okay, we'll get you that soundbite in a second. 72, Bobby, the interception of Derek Carr in the fourth quarter where it looked like the game was lost. And we obviously don't have it. So I'll get back to you on that one in a minute. But at that point in the game, it looked like the Raiders were going to lose. And then after that, the Raiders found a way to come back and set up the game-winning field goal. And that was a really important point in the game. And they win the game on the Carlson field goal. Let's play the Carlson game-winning field goal. And this is probably the biggest kick. It is definitely the biggest kick of the year as they ice Carlson the first time around. And then he hit this for the winner. So here we go. Round two. Dead on. Yes. The Raiders sideline explodes. I give a jackpot, partner. Jackpot, <laughs> There you <baby>. go. <laughs> So as I told Eric Allen after the game uh, on the call, Brett Musburger, Lincoln Kennedy, I think that was my favorite moment of the year. And I'll get into it later. That was my that Carlson kick was my favorite moment of the entire year, including the home opener against Baltimore, the win in overtime against Miami, because it, it meant everything. They they iced Carlson, and Carlson made the kick, and he made it. It was a better kick the second time than the first time showing how good of a signing this was and how good of an extension it is for Carlson. So I love that about it because if Carlson got iced and missed the kick, and a lot of Raider fans thought, and other fans thought that, oh my God, this is going to be the year of the Gruden emails, the Henry Ruggs fatality, and the Carlson missing the game and getting eliminated. You could put that together as some type of trifecta of just bad news. Carlson made the kick, and I was overjoyed by that. And I was going crazy at M Resort, crazy with the fans who were there because it just felt like, man, that is good news. That is good news that this team won the game, and they won that game that way. So I was really excited about that, and then we jumped into the boats game show and celebrated the victory the way it should be. But was it ugly? Yeah, it was a damn ugly game. There's not a lot to look for. I, I think you could point more at Cleveland I thought that Cleveland's coaching was terrible in that game because if they would have let Nick Mullins play, I think they would have won the game. They didn't let Mullins play. Mullins was 23 of 30 for 147 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. He wasn't sacked. He had a higher rating than Derek Carr in the game, but they didn't let him play. All they wanted to do was feed Nick Chubb on the ground for 23 carries, and they just kept giving him the ball, giving him the ball, giving him the ball. But if they would have let Mullins play – and just be a little bit more aggressive, I think they would have won the game. But the Raiders did. And the Raiders were able to run it for 98 yards. They outrushed Cleveland. And they beat Cleveland two years in a row. And last year, Cleveland was a playoff team. And the Raiders are the reason this year why Cleveland went from potentially first place to last place. Last place. And I think that's great news. So the Raiders have an opportunity to knock Cleveland out of the playoffs, which I think they did because I don't think Cleveland's going to beat Green Bay this week. And the Raiders have an opportunity to knock Denver out of the playoffs, because they'll sweep Denver, and I don't think Denver will make the playoffs if the Raiders beat them. So there's a lot of motivation, as we talked about last week. There's a tremendous amount of Raider motivation going forward, and all I want to do is just capture that on the radio. I want to do that. I want to capture that. And then a little bit later on in the show, do I take it personally? Yeah, I do. 
because there's some vile people out there that want to quit on this team. And I called them out last night for it. And I'll continue to do that. Because anybody who quits on the team, my rule is don't come back to the night of the draft. The eve of the draft the night before, because we're going to have a huge draft party in Vegas. Show up that night. Put yourself in Twitter, jail, or do whatever you want to do because you quit on your team. Fact, not fiction. I pointed out about 50 people last night who were on my timeline at one point in time saying, we have no chance, we suck, fire this guy, the quarterback stinks. And then after the game, I just tweeted, wrong, 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 because they're wrong. And... I know the pain that Raider fans go through. What do you think I've been doing here 23 years? You don't think I know every win and every loss? I've been a part of it at some way on the radio. But the amount of Raider fans who are left that want to go on this journey, it might be a week. It might be two weeks. It could be three weeks. Get on board with this show. We're the show. Get on board with this. And if you want to be negative, call other podcasts and do what you got to do. But until the Raiders get eliminated – We are hoping that they win every game. They win every down. They find a way to make plays. And we can celebrate what's going on here. Has it been a tough year? It's been brutal. They're going to make a documentary about this at some point. They're going to write a book about it. Because there will never be a season like this again in NFL history. And on top of it, the most recent game, you can clearly say that the NFL was in the corner of the Browns, giving them every break they could to have them play on Monday instead of Saturday. And it didn't work. And the Raiders found a way to win the game. But they got to keep winning, and they got to continue to play good football. And I don't even think they're playing good football. I think they could play better. If they can wake up, if they can wake up and get out of this slump on offense, even though Derek Carr just won a game and made some big plays, if they can wake up and really get the way they were the first half of the year, which they have, they have the capability to do it, then this team could really put a scare into everybody they play the rest of the way. If they don't play this well, then everybody's going to say, like I heard on a show today, well, you know, so Raiders only won the game because the Browns are missing everybody to COVID. I nailed that. I knew today the Raiders wouldn't get any credit. They wouldn't get any credit for the win. The, the NFL, the league, was so happy to give Cleveland a chance to go to first place in the AFC North, and it didn't happen. So you'd think you'd wake up today and people would be saying, man, man, the Raiders, that was a gritty, gutty win. And no. No, the people are on TV and radio just mocking the Raiders, saying they're a joke. And you want me to jump into that cesspool? What do you want me to do? You want me to be the band leader of that garbage? No way. I, I do the other side of it. I want to see the team win, and I want to see the fans enjoy their holiday. So that's what we're going to do this week. And we'll get into Denver, which is an interesting game. Can't overlook Denver. Can't overlook Denver. But you've got to beat Drew Locke. You got to beat this team. You got to beat this team to keep this conversation going. All right, so let's jump in with Reggie in North Las Vegas coming off the victory. Go ahead, Reggie, start us off. JT, let me say this directly to you, my brother. You you've been through a lot, man, and and I know this Twitter verse thing causes a whole nother side of all of us. But don't allow these negative-minded <laughs> people to switch your vibe. Oh, but no one switches my vibe, Reggie. No one. I get a little more. I get a little bit more aggressive with the trolls, but my vibe is good, man. I got a great vibe. Man, I was so upset, but I'm thankful for my job. But I was so upset I had to work. So I was asking you, where do I go, man? What do I do? Because you know, you do both shows, the the, the Monday night, and then you do the uh, the M. So anyway, I'm like this. I get disappointed. I get let down, I get frustrated. But at the same time, 
I, I, to my core is win, lose, or tie. So no matter how it happens, no matter what we have to do to do it, it doesn't matter to me. Just let's get the win. Ain't that the, the thing, the motto? Just win, baby. So all these negative-minded people, I'm not going to even give them any attention on this one, attention on this one. But what I will say is this. Let's hope that this was actually the worst of the rest. Let's say they turn a corner, and next week this is going to be an awesome game. I can't wait for it, man. I'm going to be there. We got to get them to the game happening where we bring in another family into town so they can get to a home game. That's going to be awesome, and it's a game that's going to mean something. Let's see them turn that corner. Don't worry about who's not talking about you. Make them talk about you. Go take this game at home. Protect the house. And I don't care who they are. I don't care if they have COVID problems and only two players show up. We need a win. I don't care how we get it. And I'm going to end it with this. Raider Nation, divided we are not. The Raider Nation, unite. Let's go. Raiders. This is a team that hasn't played well since the Giant game where they lost scoring 16 points. They lost to the Chiefs at home scoring 14 in a loss. Lost to the Bengals at home scoring 13. Beat the Cowboys but lost to Washington scoring 15. Lost to Kansas City scoring 9. And beat the Browns only scoring 16. It should be obvious to anyone who knows football that the only chance this team has is to get explosive again on offense. That's all the coaches should be working on. The defense is pretty good, right? Gus Bradley, Ron Malias, the coaches there on the back end, they got good defensive coaches. The offensive coaches are well experienced with Derek Carr. Derek Carr is thrown for 4,000 yards. It's, to me, it's a very easy solution is to just stay aggressive on offense and go down swinging. Just go down hard with this offense being explosive. Because right, right as of now, you know that Josh Jacobs can catch the ball out of the backfield. You know that. Peyton Barber can run the ball. I wouldn't run Josh much anymore. I hope I'm wrong, but he's a 50-yard guy. He's a 50-yard guy. I'd rather see him catch 30 in the passing game on a wheel route or a screen. Let him do that. And then just go four wide with Renfro, Edwards, Deshaun Jackson, and Zay Jones, and Foster Moreau, depending on if Waller comes back, and just spread them out and tempo and see if they can score at a quicker pace. That's the only thing I see. I don't know what's left. I've been talking about this for 15 weeks. We know what the team could do when they're explosive, and we know when they slow the game down and try to run the ball, they let teams hang around and they lose most of the time. So I think it's pretty easy to just have Rich Passaccia walk in the room with the offense and say, hey, guys, we're going balls out the rest of the year. We're going four wide. Derek, you're in the shotgun. Offensive line, do better. Hold hold the Ford a little bit longer. And Derek, just take shots. Do what you do. Do what you do, Derek, and carry the team. He, Derek carried the team yesterday on that final drive. He was fantastic. NorCal Raider up north on the flagship. Thanks for calling. Hey, JT, how you doing? I'm doing good. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy for the win. You know, I'll take the win. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy that, you know, to, you know, have a good week. You know, it, this, this, this win, every win of the week just builds me up and it gets me in a good mood, you know. And mm-hmm. we've had a, a bad spread, uh, stretch, especially with the Kansas City loss, you know, last week. It was like, I don't know, I, 
I was like breathless last week with everything that happened. You know, I listened to a, a couple of podcasters, you know, that said some things on some other podcasts. I'm not going to name which ones they are, but they said some things about the Raiders that just really just, just, you know, just burned me on the inside. They started saying that, that a lot of the Raider fans are dying out and that we're washed up breed and we should rebrand. I mean, he just ticked me off. I even messaged him and told him like, like, you know, to answer my question, he wouldn't answer my question, but it really made me upset. You know, I just, I just couldn't, I just got really upset for somebody to say something like that about an iconic, you know, team like this. I know we haven't, we've been down, but at least with this year, if we don't make the playoffs, let's at least, let's at least get nine and seven. That's a winning season. I mean, is it nine and seven or nine and? No, you need one more game there. It's seventeen games, yeah, nine and nine and eight. I'm in, I'm into the ten win, run the table thing for another week. So that's where I'm be. And if the Raiders come up short, they come up short. But hopefully, they play better football. Thanks for the call, and and they get their confidence back, and they're able to do some certain things. We know what this season could have been. We know what happened this season. There's no need to address it now. There's no need to address it until after January. Appreciate the call. If there's an opportunity where there's breaking news and something's happening in the organization, we'll cover that. But at this point, we're just trying to find another win. Trying to get to Denver. Have a great Christmas. Enjoy your Christmas Eve, everybody. Get your Raider gifts. Be excited about the team. And then come out to the game. And those who are anonymous remain anonymous. I never see them at the torch. I never see them at the tailgate. And they're a tiny, tiny percentage of fans who quit. This show isn't for quitters. This show is for fans that are optimistic and then very transparent. We're very transparent when they're not playing well. If you listen to the last 18 minutes, I said they haven't been playing well. Now it's time for them to step up and play better football. I mean, I threw a pick, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I threw a pick. Uh, you know, I, it was uh, it was the coverage we wanted, um, and he he'll tell you, you know, that he he wants to accelerate and go get that ball, you know, and make that play for me. Um, you know, it's one on one. You know, that's you know that's uh, safety's low. I, you know, I threw it over the safety's head, um, but Zay'll tell you Zay's going to tell you he should have made that play and those things. And I'm going to tell you I threw a pick. You know, um, you know those. Those are the things. But at the end of the day, we were able to get it back, and he made some huge plays for us. Yes, Derek Carr, happy for Derek. Happy for Derek that he didn't lose that game and had to meet the media and talk about what happened with the 10-0 lead. Because if they didn't win that game after a 10-0 lead and the fumble, the fumble that he had going to the ground, the ball came out, Derek would have got a lot of heat yesterday, a lot of heat, a ton of heat. And you could tell that Derek was very relieved after the game, smiling, enjoying himself, because he cares about winning. He wants to win, even if he doesn't play well. And he played very well at times in that game. And hopefully he's rewarded for that. I thought Derek had it perfectly in perspective last night when he met the media. And Rich Basaccia talked about Jonathan Hankins' big play on defense. That third down stop, when everybody knew Nick Chubb was getting the ball, after they got the ball back, that was the key to the victory. Yeah, it's the second time, right? You go to the Dallas game, it was Hankins makes a big play in the second eight, come back out on the screen. So I just think we're, we're always thinking he's going to do that right now. It's the way he's been playing all year. Um, he's been a force inside, and I thought he played, again, to the bitter end for us and made a big play. It's a really important soundbite because Hankins has got to play at a high level in order for him to be relevant. He can't disappear in games. 
And coming up, looming is Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor running the ball. And he's going to run the ball right at the middle. And the linebackers and the defensive tackles are going to have to play at a very high level at, you know, at home against Denver and then Indianapolis. And let me remind you, the Raiders have been able to win an Indy in the past. But most people will say the Raiders have no chance against Indy. And we'll keep an eye on that game. But that game's off in the distance. We got Christmas, Christmas Eve to deal with and the opportunity to win a couple of games. But that was a good win for the team. The team needed that. I don't know how the team would have reacted. I'm in the building on Tuesday and usually Thursday when I interview the coach. I mean, what would it have been like sitting down in front of this coach going, how'd you blow a 10 nothing lead and lose to a team that had 18 guys missing? There wasn't a lot of wiggle room with them losing this game. There's no way to spin that. And they won the game. And they won it ugly. And we know it. Everybody knows how they won the game. Tim Brown, I'll read his tweet. It was ugly. But they won the game. And if Cleveland would have won the game, they would have won ugly and they would have been in first place. And now they're in last place. Stoner dude, good to see you last week. How are you, my friend? I'm good, JT. Yeah, it was ugly. As a matter of fact, it was fugly. But you know what, man? Just win, baby. You say that over and over. It's our mantra. It's Al Davis's great famous quote. But it helps us at the end of the day when you win. You know, the media outlets all over the place, JT, the Internet everywhere. Oh, the Raiders eke out a win over the COVID-ravaged Browns. I mean, they downplay it no matter how you spin it. You know, we talked about conspiracies last week when it comes to the Raiders. You know, even Mark Davis brought up something that I was thinking about all last week when we had to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming to town when our whole offensive line was ravaged in COVID. They didn't move our game, but that's then. This is now. We're moving into the future. You know, anytime you travel across to the East Coast in the cold and you win, that's what you do, man. And that's what makes me happy. But I got to say, JT, yes, it was fugly. Way too many dropped balls. Like you were saying, we've, I've watched the games with you over at the M. I can't believe some of these passes. Are, our guys are just dropping. They're right in their faces, man. And you can't put that on Derek Carr. That's on the receivers. I mean, that's the difference in the game. We could have won, made 21 points this last game, but we did it. But we won. But I got a couple of new nicknames for my kicker, man. Daniel Clutch Carlson. Yeah, that's one of them. And I call him Turkey Leg, JT. Every time I see him, I think about him eating that turkey leg on Thanksgiving. And now when he's there at the end of the game trying to win a game in a clutch uh, situation, my, I'm at the edge of my seat, my leg's bouncing down. Come on, turkey leg. Go get that turkey leg. And he did it, man. And I love it. I love this new kid. I never thought I'd love, love a kicker as much as I love a sea bass. But I really dig this dude, man. We could beat the Broncos. We've been handling them now for a few years. And uh, they're down right now, too. We're at the same record, 7-7. Seven seven. Now it's time for us to take it at home and, and make a statement, JT. I want everybody to have a Merry Christmas. You know I'll have a green Christmas. Later, JT. Stoner dude, we'll see you out there on Sunday, hopefully, at the tailgate, Black Hole tailgate. Was at Cisco's birthday party over the weekend, which was nice to hang out with the Black Hole and had a lot of fun this weekend. Breaking news, the NHL will not go to the Olympics to play hockey. So NHL players now, that is breaking news. The NHL will not participate in the Olympic Games in China because of the COVID. So I think that's a good thing. I think a lot of people expected that. So that is breaking news. And I don't know, they got a big break for the Olympics here. We'll see what happens after that. Also, Adam Schefter reporting 
Uh, the status for the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and their kicker, Harrison Buckner, are all in question for Sunday's game against the Steelers. So we're going to see other issues popping up here with COVID protocol. The Browns, Washington, Seattle, these games that were moved, the Rams and Washington. And we got to hope that the Raiders don't get COVID. The Raiders have been exceptional this year, but we don't predict COVID. We don't predict anything about COVID. Okay, we take the high road on that and take it seriously. So I don't know. My friend Stephen A. Smith has COVID. I've been texting him back and forth. So just be careful out there. And the Raiders went on a trip. And now hopefully after the game they got home safe. And we don't see a COVID outbreak. Nate Hobbs was a bit of a surprise when we got that news before the pregame show. That He's a good player. He wouldn't have played maybe as much in that game because it was more of a run game. But he's a player that the Raiders need back. A Raider 27 in Salt Lake. ahead. JT, I've been a fan since 1980, and we've been through a lot. You know, everybody says the Raiders are a dysfunctional team. But you know what, JT? They're my dysfunctional team. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how they win. I'm happy for any win. Would I like to see them go no huddle? Yeah. Would I like to see them pass first, sit up the run? Sure. Would I like to see Tar attack early in the game? Yeah. But you know what? I don't care about that today. The Raiders won. I'm stoked. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to enjoy myself today. Whatever they do the rest of the season, I'm down. If they lose 48-9, to I'm watching every play. If they win 48-9, to I'm watching every play, too. Go Raiders. See you, JT. Yeah, yeah thanks for the call. And, again, there's only a few fans in, in the tiny percentage of fans, but they seem to make a lot of noise on social media about not standing with this team. It was easy for a bunch of fans and I don't know what the percentage is, to jump off this team and have several opportunities to do it and feed into everything that's happening, to feed into everything that's happening that's negative, and now we're not going to do it here. We'll do it when there's a negative topic, and the negative topic would have been they played poorly in the win. We addressed that for 18 minutes in the monologue. They didn't play well. They're not playing well. The offense cannot get grooving, and cars still thrown for 4,000 yards. Imagine that. And prayers go out to Will Compton, who lost his mom. And he was not able to be available for the game for obvious reasons. Uh, The Raider Nation is completely behind him because he's family. Because he's family. So very important there, and prayers are with him as he goes through this grieving process. Eddie Pascal from the Digital Raider team is going to join us in a little bit. We'll talk to him on the other side of next hour. But I cleared out everybody today on Monday or Tuesday now to take your phone calls. We're off on Friday, so we'd like to hear from you now. We're brought to you by Salmon Ash Injury Law. SalmonAshInjuryLaw.com, 702-820-1234. You know who's going to be the happiest man in Las Vegas? Who JT. Oh. I thought JT was going to lose it on Monday after that (laughs) terrible performance in Kansas City. He rallied the troops. This was a must-win, JT and Eric said. This is the must-win tonight in Cleveland. And indeed, the Rascals come away with it. And uh, Lincoln Nett moves us to 500. Seven wins and seven losses. If Brent Musburger said I rallied the troops, I'll live with that. That's Brent Musburger. 
The Godfather. Welcome back. That's from the Raiders flagship and also Compass Media Networks. Thanks to everybody who came out to M. It was a weird day. It was a Monday 2 o'clock start, so who was going to come out there? Raider fans showed up. But, you know, the M's been great to us all year long. It's a weird day and a weird weekend to not have a game on Sunday for the game to be moved. I was just talking to my buddy from Cleveland who told me, you know, Raider fans travel to that game. And he flew back to Vegas from Cleveland as a Browns fan last night. And he said there were a lot of Raider fans on the plane. Those are the ideal fans, the fans that go to games. And if you can't afford to go to a game, we understand it. You might not be able to afford to go to a game in Vegas. We all know what's going on with tickets and how expensive this brand and product is. But the ones who made that trip to Cleveland, and we talked about it with Q, who was our guest, our insider guest, live at M, and he took some calls on it too. The fans that get get to the airport during COVID, during the holidays and COVID, and get on a plane and go to Cleveland and sit outside in that weather and support their team, they're the best of the best. And this fan base has a lot of those fans that are diehard. That opens up a line for you. We should have just Raider fans all day today celebrating the victory because we got a victory to talk about and the opportunity to build momentum against the Donkeys coming up here. Have to beat Denver. A win's no good unless you can stack them. They've got to play well starting tomorrow. We'll put in the game plan quickly because we have a short week. We're off Friday for Christmas Eve. Rob in Cleveland. Thanks for waiting, Rob. How are you? Hey, JT. Thanks for the call. Hey, uh, it's, it's rough. It's rough with them moving that game when you work at FedEx and you tell a guy you went Monday off Christmas week. Man, the NFL didn't do me any favors. But, did you get, uh, did you get a chance? To, did you get a chance to go, or did you have to miss the game? No, I went. I okay. went, and it was expensive. You know, we had three tickets. I took my son and my nephew, and mm. and uh, you know they were three hundred bucks a piece. And uh, so, uh, but we had a good time. You know, it was an ugly game. Uh, there's some good things happening with this team still. So the players that are playing hard, this uh, Diablo kid, he's, he's, I, see, I see him as a, uh, something that we can move forward with. Mm-hmm. And uh, it drives me nuts when they uh, – the whole game I was saying to my son, you know, if Derek Carr – he's going to snap this at two seconds. And then they had to take a couple timeouts because yeah. they couldn't get it snapped. And I'm just going nuts. And then when they need to go up – tempo and win the game in two minutes car tells you he shows you he can do that anytime he, he's at his best when he's running up tempo trying to win a game and that's why he's got a lot of these comeback from behind wins you know uh that's the way they ought to be playing i can't i can't explain i can't explain it anymore i i have no idea why they don't play faster and why they let the clock click da- kick down to two seconds all the time. It's not, it's not rare. Mullen came out, and he was up-tempo, and he was up-tempo. Raiders got him off the field, but they, were, they came into that game wanting him to run up-tempo, and he moved the ball on that first drive, but the Raiders got off the field. I don't know. For whatever reason, I think the Raiders want to run it more than they want to pass it at times in the game, and it's shocking to me because I think they have all the weapons and the assets to throw it, most of the most of the insiders around the league just don't think they have confidence in pass protection. That's why they insist on running the ball. Yeah, I don't know that quick that quick hit in in the two minute offense. You know when they're going and that other team isn't subbing mm-hmm. out and, and they got them on their heels. I just think that's the recipe for this team. Barber did run better than Jacobs, you know. So yeah. I I don't know about 
you know, I understand our line isn't great, but when you got two running backs and one's doing it a little better than the other guy around the, uh, behind the same mm-hmm. line, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, thanks for checking in. Appreciate the call. I'm happy you're able to go to the game. The, I think at the level of frustration that fans are having this year, you know, it's about not playing up-tempo, not playing faster, and why. We're not the coaches, so we don't know. I asked the coach about it. I, I asked the coach every one of these questions when I interview him, and, you know, they, they try to look at it. They try to practice it. The, the other thing that frustrates me on a day we're supposed to be celebrating, so I want to be careful here, the other thing that frustrates me is why the ch- play has changed so much. I don't understand it. I don't know, and I saw Coach Passaccia say, run the play. He was pissed off. They got a camera angle on him, and he said, run the play. I think it's when they took the timeout. And I don't know why they just don't run the play. Run run the play in practice. Run it. It works in practice. Run it again if it works in practice. If it doesn't work, run it till you get it right, and then just run it in the game. But they change out of the play a lot. And it's not like they're changing out of the play to throw bombs. It's not like they're changing out of the play to throw 30-yard you know, up-and-go routes that are completed here. They change out of these plays to throw underneath or run the ball. And I, I trust Derek is doing it for what he sees and what his eyes are telling him. That's what I believe is happening. The other thing that's confusing to me is Mariota. I mean, why isn't Mariota throwing the ball? Why is Mariota coming in and just handing it off or running that RPO for a short amount of yards? I mean, the, it's desperation time for this team. So when Mariota comes on the field, you got to get Derek Carr off the field. Why is Derek Carr lining up wide at wide receiver? Have Zay Jones there. Can Marcus Mariota fake the RPO and hit Zay Jones on a bomb? I think he can. Then why is he in the league if he's not going to throw it? So that's another frustrating aspect to me, that every time Mariota comes in the game, they don't do anything big. It's pretty conservative. It's a run where they're looking for just a first down. I'd like to see a little bit more with that. And other than that, I'm pretty good. I mean, I'm really good today with the defense. Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe. Littleton is a guy that really bothers me. If there was a better player than Littleton on the depth chart, I'd bench Littleton, but I just don't think they have a better player to do that. And we're going to find out here in a few moments as Rich Passaccia is supposed to, you know, meet the media coming up here that I'm just hoping at this point in time we're talking about guys being healthy. And what's going to happen here? I don't know what the case is going to be there. So that's something we're keeping an eye on as we move forward. I want to know about the injury to Jonathan Hankins, excuse me, to Jonathan Abram, because he looked like when he was coming off and he was holding on to his arm and his shoulder, that that looked kind of serious. We'll find out about Will Compton and what happened after his mother's passing. And we'll hope that Waller's coming back. You know, Waller's been out a while for that injury. But Trayvon Mullen's gone for the year. Incognito never came back. So coming back, who is coming back? They get, the big stories are hopefully no COVID or limited exposure to COVID, then getting guys back who were injured, and then trying to find a way to, I don't know, play better football on offense. Because the defense is pretty much being maximized, wouldn't you say? Defense is playing pretty well. And they give up a lot of big plays in red zone defense. And they'll give up touchdowns, and you know we'll figure that out on a game-by-game basis. But the offense has got to help out the defense. Man, the defense has been helping out the offense other than the Kansas City games. 
One hour down. That went fast. We appreciate it. It was brought to you by Remy Martin. Thanks to our team at Remy Martin for teaming up for excellence and raising our cocktail games. Eddie Pascal next hour, and we'll try to get to the head coach's press conference coming up momentarily.